am a very, oh, yes, got it. I am a very real compulsive overeater. And, and I should say compulsive eater. I eat compulsively. That's my problem. I, I, you know, I'm like, my eating is like a knee-jerk reaction to life for me. I have had long periods of abstinence and I have had long periods of relapse. That's just my story. I wish I could say I was a one and done, but that's not the reality for me. Um, I'm currently try working hard with my higher power to come out of a relapse that's been going on for about two and a half years. And, um, you know, it's one day at a time, literally one meal at a time, one hour at a time sometimes. Um, it, my story is that I grew up in an alcoholic home, right? I had a mother who was not a compulsive eater um, and I had an alcoholic, diabetic, and compulsive eating father. On both sides of the family, there was addiction, either alcohol or sugar. Mm -hmm. And so I come by this disease genetically and quite honestly, right? I'm not blaming them. It's just how I came out of the womb. It's just how I was born, right? It's my makeup. And it took me a very, very long time in program and really through my first relapse to understand that it was nobody's fault, including mine, because my, my mother didn't understand it. She didn't understand how an eight-year-old could go for thirds at the dinner table, right? She just didn't get it. Like she could only eat one serving. But I could demolish the whole table full of food. There were four people in our family. And my mother always cooked for eight because she came from a large family. So you can imagine like her horror. And I can still see her face of absolute like disbelief, mm -hmm. you know. And eventually that disbelief turned into contempt, right? As I got heavier and heavier, by the time I was eight years old, and I only started the quote compulsive eating, probably around the age of four or five. By the time I was eight years old, I was the heaviest kid in my class, even heavier than the tallest boy. I weighed 103 pounds at eight years old. By the time I was 11, I weighed 165. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I had gotten up to 196, 91 pounds. And I remember weighing on the scale that day and looking at it, at the scale, and thinking to myself, well, that's okay. When I get to 200, I'll just kill myself. It was as matter of fact as that. There was no... There was no emotion other than, you know, I, I, it won't be worth living if I'm over 200 pounds, right? And I'm worth nothing as it is. That's how I thought of myself. Of course, I didn't have the cognizance to really know that at the time. I was 16 years old. So I, you know, I went on a self-imposed diet. Oh, you don't you love those? They're better than the Dolly Parton diet or the cabbage soup diet. They're, mine was a cigarette and black coffee 
<laughs> with saccharin in the morning. And then at lunch, when my blood sugar had completely dropped, a cigarette and a full sugar Coke, fountain Coke. And then my dinner consisted of a piece of protein, probably three or four ounces, a lot of green beans, probably a whole can of green beans, and uh, no starch, maybe a salad, a small salad with dressing, and I unsweetened iced tea the rest of the night. So I was peeing my brains out and uh, starving myself. And guess what? <gasps> I lost weight. I lost like 15 pounds in a month. I was so thrilled. And when I mentioned it to my parents one morning, my mother, who her way to get to work, said, well, you'd have to lose 30 before anyone would notice. 10 minutes for dating. Thank you. And my dad said, ow, that's harsh, because he was also a compulsive eater. So he knew how hard it was to stay on that kind of a diet, right? But I just let it roll off my back. And that's that was my story for most of my life. Let it roll off my back. Denial, 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 denial. So after years of doing every diet and on demand, and probably I should have bought stock in Weight Watchers, I joined so many times. I found myself in a therapist's office and she said to me, the insurance might cut you off because they're not seeing any uh, advancement in, in, in your uh, recovery through, through talk therapy. So I'm wondering if you would consider going to OA. And I had heard of OA and I had thought about it. I had even sent for a brochure. They had mailed me a nice brochure with a meetings listing and everything. And one of the meetings was not very far from my home, but the parking over there was terrible. So that was a really good excuse <laughs> not to go, right? And, and then, you know, there were other reasons I could come up with for not going and then, oh, I'll make it there one day. So that was 10 years before. But at this point, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out this weekend. So I got a schedule off the internet and I found a meeting literally down the street from my house. And, um, five minutes, 10 minutes driving time. And, and for some reason, I couldn't, I couldn't get there. I couldn't go. Then I found another meeting. And, you know, my cat was looking at me like, well, <laughs> and I couldn't go. And so this went on. And then when I went to my therapy appointment the next week, I said, I'm sorry, I couldn't get there. I can't, I can't go. I mean, I know where they are. I've driven past them, but I can't go. I'll try again this weekend, but if I can't, you may have to take me. And she said, okay. And she was willing to do that. So somehow I mustered the courage to get to a meeting that Saturday. And it was held in the storeroom of a little gym, of a park gym. And there were maybe... 15 people crunched in there and it, all the seats were taken. It was full, but there, there weren't enough seats except for 15 people. 
And I heard this man talk about going to the movies and buying the biggest popcorn he could and eating that before the movie during previews and turning it up and hitting the bottom of the bag to get every morsel out of it and licking his finger and getting every ounce of salt and butter out of that bag and then going and refilling it free so he could have something for the movie. And I thought to myself, wow, that's how I eat popcorn. Well, that was my first acknowledgement that there were other people like me in the world, that I wasn't the only one. You see, all of my good friends had always been skinny little dancer types. They all wore, back in the day, size nine was the petite, right? And only to become size two today. But but back then, they were these little tiny, thin, wispy things. And I was the big 150-pound girl. Because that's what my little diet, my homemade diet, had gotten me down to for college. So I, I started coming to these meetings. And what I saw was um, people who were comfortable in their own skin, no matter what their size no matter what degree of abstinence they held, no matter how long they've been in the program or how, sh or how short a time, they, they were okay and happy in and of themselves. And I wanted that because I didn't have that. I didn't know what that felt like. Even years of therapy had never given me that. Therapy had given me relief. And you know, the, one of the first things I heard in the rooms was, You'll find relief in the meetings and recovery in the steps. So I really wanted to start working those steps and, and coming to the meetings to feel relief every week. And it always happened. Five minutes. So I got a, thank you. And I got a sponsor and she was half my age. She was 22 years old. But I kept thinking I wanted what she had because what would my life have been like had I found this program at her age, I was 51. And I realized through my first year of recovery that my emotional nature was stilted at the age I was when I started using food, which was four or five. Well, it just so happened that she was a nanny by profession. <laughs> And she knew how to help me find my words, describe what I was feeling so she could help me see that food can't, can't answer that problem. Food can't make me happy except for the moment that I'm eating it. Food can't take away my sadness. It can only distract from it for a few minutes. You know, and, and so I began working the steps with her. And I began to develop a relationship with a higher power. Now, I had always believed in God. I'd always had what I thought was a relationship with God. But I discovered over these last 17 years how often I don't rely on God. I, I have faith that God is there and that God is with me. But I don't rely on God to do for me what I can't do for myself, especially when it comes to the food. And that's what I'm battling with right now. You know, the big book says 
there is a solution, right? And in the, in the last paragraph on page 25 in the big book, it says, if you are as seriously uh, a compulsive overeater as we were, we believe that there's no middle of the road solution. Um, we were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region, and, and if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of, my, of our intolerable situation as best we could, denial. And the other, to accept spiritual help. And then it says, this we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. Well, what does that effort look like? You know, for me, it looks like writing a letter to God. For me, it looks like doing a 10th step every night. For me, it looks like praying and meditating. For me, it looks like coming to meetings and hearing and listening to you and sharing my truth opening myself up to hearing yours because sometimes my higher power speaks through one of you but you know what over this last two and a half years I don't know what happened but all of those things started falling away to the point that I wasn't writing a daily letter to God I wasn't spilling everything to God in a tenth step that, that, that letter to God was my 10th step, right? And I wasn't, I wasn't doing it. My nightly review was like, yeah, okay, I overate at lunch. Let's not look any further, right? I didn't want to look inside because I was afraid of what I would find. And who does that remind you of? Well, it reminds me of the person I was when I walked in these rooms. I know that my higher power is home holding my hand through this. I absolutely have no doubt of that. But I also understand that I have a responsibility to myself to take whatever action I can take to make God first, myself second, and everything else third, right? And that means embracing an abstinence that feels like a loose garment that I can use under any conditions that can benefit me under any circumstances to allow me the clarity to seek help from my higher power. I can do the tools, but I, if I do them without seeking God, the tools might as well be Weight Watchers. Mm -hmm. I, I, can, I, can, I can do the tools, but unless I believe that my higher power is actually the power I need to plug into to implement them, I, don't have it, I, I still don't have any power because the big book tells me that this disease puts me beyond human aid. We hear people talking about ozempic. We hear people talking about crash diets. We hear people talking about uh, surgeries. And all of those things, for those people that really need them, is, is crucial and, and, and a good alternative. Last five I, Thank you, sweetie. I'll wrap up with this. But I know 
and at least I've determined this over the last 17 years in program, that I don't always eat when I'm hungry. In fact, I don't ever eat when I'm hungry. When I got into this program, the first time I discovered I was hungry, I thought I was sick. I thought I had the flu. Because I never allowed myself to get hungry. I am a compulsive eater. And I need an abstinence that allows me to have a beginning, middle, and end to a meal, a respite between meals, and um, a final meal at the, at the end of the day. That's what I need. That needs to be my abstinence. And God and you guys are going to help me do the rest. So anyway, that's my time. I hope um, anything I've said is helpful. And uh, yeah, thank you for letting me share.